We used to be good friends, but that's all come to an end. Hello, my beautiful listeners. This is Gabby Scott, and welcome back to another episode of We Are the Best of Friends Until We Weren't. So we have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Talina. She is a lifestyle coach all about elevating people in their personal and business ventures. She is also the host of a podcast called The Paper Planes Podcast, which is how we got connected. Through this podcast, she's created a community of conscious role models and essentially covering how hitting rock bottom can really be what catapults us into our greatest high points. Of all the millions of people in the world, I'm so happy that we got connected <laughs> and just really inspired by each other's messages that we're trying to send to our audiences and sort of create a tribe in a sense too uh, with the message that we have for people. So today, Talina will tell a little bit about her own friendship breakup, but she'll also dive deeper about friendships in general and provide some incredible knowledge as a lifestyle coach. So enough from me, Talina, I'll let you take the floor telling anything about yourself and your work or anything that I may have missed. So go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. I was like, that is a stellar intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I tried. And we're done. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. I just want to put a disclaimer. You know, I definitely don't have my shit all together. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm in a position to help other people figure life and business out, I'm very much in it with them. So it's such an honor to be on this show with you, just to be completely transparent because I know a lot of lifestyle gurus out there claim that they've got it all together. They totally don't. Right, right. Usually people (laughs) claim it the most, have it maybe even the least together, honestly. Yeah. So I'm just like, I just want to offer, yeah, like just truths on truths and I am human and I have hit plenty of rock bottoms, hence the podcast to talk about it. Um, But, you know, breaking up with friends is, I'm not exempt to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's not just one friend that I've broken up with, to be fair. Um, But I guess over time, through personal experience, through growing up, through seeking mentors for myself, you start to learn that it's just what happens, mm-hmm. right? And there's a saying that I use a lot and I've heard a lot and people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Absolutely. And I used to get really hung up, you know, I get like really close to people, which is difficult for me because I, as much as my my passion is to create community, I'm very like closed with who I want in my right. inner, inner very circle. small circle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know it takes me a while to warm up and it takes me the longer to allow people in so when I allow them in it's very personal to me and when shit hits the fan I take that very personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's taken me a while to navigate through knowing like it's okay it's what happens I used to really push for more to happen and it would just get me really upset Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely have that tendency as well to want to want something and just stop beating a dead horse, basically. So right. I'm supposed to keep being there. <laughs> right. And I also used to, and I will admit it, I used to like blame and shame. I never mm-hmm. used to take responsibility for my participation in the breakup. And it used to always be the other person, you know, oh, they did this or they did that, or they made me feel like this. It's like, hold up a second. Well, how did I contribute to this? Mm, Right. 
And um, I actually did some work with Lisa Nichols. Have you heard of Lisa Nichols? I have not. Please educate me. She is a soul sister. She's basically one of the contributors to The Secret. And um, she has her own platform called Motivating the Masses. And I was privileged to work with her and a team one-on-one through some personal coaching Mm -hmm. and I was receiving their coaching and uh, something she said to me and it just stuck in my head she's like you know when it comes to friends sometimes it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. and let that be okay and I said well that's easier said than done Right. right and she's like you know what at the end of the day you just have to find good things about yourself and lessons in the friendship that served you and I was like, oh, and she, and, and it took me a while to like really internalize what she was saying. Right. But right. when I reached, when I reached the ability to do that, it, it just like really changed things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the better. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I actually made my format talking about, okay, what was the background of the friendship, the actual friendship breakup story? Where are they now for the audience, but also mm-hmm. the lessons learned. And I know, I think that's, gone feedback that that's helped them a lot and when I send them the format like hey this is how we're going to do it they come back and tell me like to sit there and think for a little bit like what mm-hmm. did I get out of this friendship was really really helpful instead of just still feeling the pain whether it was a few months ago years ago it's like to actually sit there and reflect how I evolved from it whether it's bettering myself bettering relationships like mm-hmm. really like you said really thinking about the lessons learned from friendships and what came out of it is really important. Otherwise, you can just constantly find yourself in that cycle of repeating those, you know, toxic friendships or your own toxic traits if you don't mm-hmm. take the time to self-reflect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, at 32, you know, I've learned a few things. Um, and also with an education background, work, my work was with special needs children in Australia. And just to watch their behavioral interactions and and learning from what they wouldn't say rather than holding on to what they would say Mm -hmm. and so I started to apply these lessons in in all sorts of connections that I was making whether they be personal or for business and it it just I think that was a, a real shift in how I took it if it didn't work out You know, and it's like, all right, take the lesson. Yes, that was cool. Why am I getting triggered? Huh? That's a hook. Okay. Like always, always, for me, you know, I'm always now, not <laughs> wasn't always, but definitely something that I do now is like explore the triggers. Like why, why is this friend annoying me? Why is this friend not understanding me? Yeah. Why is this friend making me feel as though she or he is choosing someone other than me and just really gaining an introspect into that because 99% of the time, at least in my experience, it's not even about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was all about me. And so the beauty in that is like, what are they bringing up? And for a lot of us, me as well, even as someone in a position to help others, like we, we have so many things buried within us. Sometimes we live our entire life not knowing them until it's too late. So yeah. I just say thank you so much to all the friends who have come and gone because I needed them when, when I had them. 
Yeah. And maybe I don't necessarily need them or they need me anymore. Yeah. And I actually was just telling a friend the same thing because, you know, with the virus and everything, she was having a job in a different state. Now she moved back home because she's working remote. And so she's just in this, like a lot of people in this weird transition Mm -hmm. and just feels like was telling me, yeah, I've been cutting off this person and anyone who doesn't serve me and all these things. And she's been feeling all this anxiety and been praying about it. And I was like, okay, well, that's great that you're trying to cut out external factors, but take the time then to see what could possibly be internal Mm -hmm. because you might end up blocking out a person or blocking a blessing without even knowing because you, at first you're saying that it doesn't, it's not valuable to you, but really it's something internal. So you can't help the external thing if you don't fix that first. So that's exactly what I was telling her the same thing. And I just know for me, like I used to have a problem with not setting boundaries with certain friends. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the expectations? What is okay for me and what's okay for you? Because those can be two different things. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, we'd be in kind of almost like a lust phase of friendship <laughs> and where everything's great. Danny, we're hanging out all the time, maybe partying, whatever. And then after, you know, a couple months, then you're like, okay, this actually, we don't line up morally and there's some things that don't match. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I, that's something I had to learn how to do. Yeah, that's huge. And you mentioned a few times in terms of like blessings. So I guess you're a woman of, of faith. Yes. yes, Um, I was raised in the church, but I chose to kind of uh, move away from that and just seek my own spirituality. Mm -hmm, But this was really interesting because when I went to Mexico, I was a lost case. I went from Sydney, Australia, where it's like, go, go, go. I had the career. I had the boyfriend. I had it all. And then I was like, actually, I don't want all this. Mm -hmm. And so I packed my life into two bags and I went to Mexico. When I got to Mexico, I was really out of my own depth. You know, I rocked up to this beach town with a bunch of hippies. By hippies, I mean like super spiritual people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yoga and green juices and these things called ayahuasca. And I was like, oh my God, what are these people? (laughs) Right? Completely different than what you're used to. What the heck is going on? And so I resisted it for a long time, but I was just bashing my head against myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So slowly but surely I started to um, open up to these hippies. I call them weedos and I say that with love because most of them are my nearest and dearest friends now. I call them my weedos Mm -hmm. but they were just so foreign to to the way I saw life or the way I saw myself and people. I was like whoa this is so weird and it was really uncomfortable to merge into their free way of being Mm -hmm. but over five years I did it and now I think I'm a nice balance the reason why I share this with you Gabby is because like smack bang in the middle of my transition between thinking they're weirdos to becoming like well invested into this self-help and holistic wellness I attracted a lot of people who I needed at that time Mm. And the one hunch that I have with this type of being and these types of people is you you can be namaste, but just keep your feet grounded, keep your head leveled. And what I was finding, a lot of them were so elevated and I was like, 
it's cool. Believe what you got, like pray and do what you got to do, but like be, be normal about it. Yes. Right. And I really struggled to see where I fit between, let's just call it two worlds. Mm -hmm. And so I started to distance myself from a few particular individuals who were very much my people, my role models, my helpers in the transition Mm -hmm. but they just got like well too far for me and I just thought like I can't even have a normal quote-unquote conversation with you anymore Mm -hmm. you know and so um just to give a tangible example because I think that's what your listeners want (laughs) um one friend comes to mind and even though I've blessed and released her and that's been very reciprocal I still think the highest of her yes of course like you know it's just what happened between us was a misalignment and you've mentioned that and I just felt like all this self-seeking holistic help like what are you looking for Mm -hmm. people are often looking for answers and not this is not to discredit this type of work or these types of people but it's like okay you got your answers now like where are we going yeah right and the and and this one particular friend it i feel in my opinion is purely my opinion but she's like very stuck Mm. in that elevated peace and love type room and it's like that's cool but you're actually living in the real world (laughs) Right. right so yeah and that just really annoyed me and as i mentioned before i really had to like look into why is that annoying me and I guess the only conclusion I came up with is like uh being congruent and being real because this same person was all namaste right but then would get crunk at the bar on the weekend right so it's like to you yeah what and and that that's what I realized was a real trigger for me like do you you know if that's raging at the bar awesome or that's namaste awesome, but I really struggle to find people that show up in a certain way, but then be a certain way. Yeah. I really struggle with that, you know, because I'm on my own personal mission just to be congruent, to be transparent, you know? And yeah, so that, that was a struggle for me. And I I had the same struggle. So the actual, actually the episode um, where I talk about my own friendship breakup last season was talking about that same thing. She was, you know, her dad was a preacher. She was a preacher's Mm -hmm. daughter. Her whole circle of friends were, you know, quote unquote, super religious. And at the time I was also in a space where I didn't know exactly where I fell into that. You know, both, neither of my parents were super religious. You know, they would take me to church here and there, but they really wanted me to find my own, you know, idea of faith and relationship with God on my, you know, my own terms, which I loved. I Mm -hmm. love that they gave Mm -hmm. me that freedom to do so. Um, and that ended up going, that friendship ended up going really sideways. She ended up being probably one of the worst people that I came wow. across as far as, you know, what I consider what a friendship was, she did some really mean things. And that drove me away from it. For me, I wanted to be completely separated. I was like, I still believed in God, but I was like, if this is how, you know, the church, quote unquote, the church and religion is, is and the people are, I want nothing to do with it. So mm-hmm. even now... I was able to reconnect with some other people of how they carried themselves and, you know, their version of faith. And it helped me a lot. I was able to then, like I said, kind of find that middle ground. Cause I felt the same way. You're preaching this whole thing 
and posting on social media and getting on people for acting a certain way because of what you know the bible says or whatever but then you're going here and doing something completely opposite or you're hating people which literally is you know the biggest thing is loving other people regardless of what you believe in and it didn't make sense to me so same thing like you just mentioned where it's like finding that middle ground where I'm here, I'm up here in my spirituality, I believe in these things, but I'm still going to be grounded in what I really believe in. And I'm going to carry it in my actions. Because to me, you can say all that you want, but if your actions aren't matching it, it, it doesn't matter to me. And from <laughs> the same way, like I want you to practice what you preach, basically. And, and I understand there can be some times where you think this way and so you feel pressure to think that way, but really you have other things you want to do. And I think it's just so important then when it comes to spirituality is finding what matches you. There is no definition or book of how you have to be. And I feel like we feel so pressured as humans, especially in our society, where we have to go buy some textbook thing. And we're not textbook. (laughs) We're not textbook. (laughs) We're not, you know, we're not a science class. We're not a history class. We are human beings. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that's always, I think, plays a big role. I I think especially as we get older and we really start to have our own ideas away from our parents, our environment, everything. And that morphs us and morphs the kind of friendships that we form. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And And on the flip of that, as well, what I'm learning, just to create a bit of context, my parents were awesome parents, but they had a very dysfunctional marriage. And their divorce really took a toll on me, which I didn't know until recently. Mm. So a lot of the unpacking came through the friends that I was seeking. And so each of my friends that I was seeking was feeling something that I was lacking. And when the, this is the way I see it. (laughs) People might agree. People might not, but like when people come in and out, now I'm like, okay, why are you coming into my life? This is, this is just what I ask myself. Why are you coming into my life? Okay, this is why you're coming into my life because you're going to help me navigate through this. Once I've navigated through that, you probably don't need to stick around if you're not adding any more value. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so like leaving Mexico and this little town where I was, I was on a mission five years ago to create a sense of community, to create mm-hmm. a sense of my people. And I would host so many gatherings and they were bitching, you know, like people, <laughs> people wanted to be at the things that I organized. Yeah, and awesome. here's the thing. I was like, I just want to do this to find my people mm-hmm. and I can count my people on my hand. I'm so grateful for them. But what was really beautiful in these gatherings is watching other people create their people. Yeah. Right. And so even though I was somewhat of a community uh, gatherer, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't didn't fill me. Like I didn't need to be around people. I did it with an intention to really find my people, um, even if it just was for a little bit of time. But what was so rewarding was to see people find their people. And that really fueled me. Wow. I, I think it's weird now hearing someone say how I am. I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever thought of it that way because mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I was literally just talking to my mom the other day and saying like, I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert because yes, I love socializing. And like, so I love planning events. Like same thing when people know I'm planning something like they want to be around it. But I, ha- I can count on, you know, one, maybe two hands 
of the people that are my people, but I love to socialize. And so I think you just put it and I literally am mind blowing. Right now. That's why I'm like, pause it. kind of just like, that makes so much sense where I love to see people gathering and enjoying each other and connecting, you know, friends that I know from sports or connecting with friends that I know from my childhood or maybe mm-hmm. from traveling overseas. And I think that really is like you said, what fuels me is to kind of almost be the, be responsible for people creating those connections that they might've never created before that, Uh that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) you know what's cool I mean like we connected on Instagram a few weeks ago and here we are having a chat we barely know each other yet there's so much synchronicity you know and that's that's what I've loved so much about also hosting my own podcast is just meeting with guests and be like holy moly we live such similar lives and we have no idea Idea. of each other Mm -hmm. you know it, it I guess it it normalizes the crappy times that we all go through. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that sense of community and realizing like, we're not, you know, special in a negative way, almost. It's like, I'm the only one going through this. And because Mm -hmm. just because you don't have maybe your inner circle, it has gone through what you've gone through. Like there are tons of people around you, even at a distance, you know, I'm saying around you, like you through Instagram, (laughs) but that are going through, have gone through the same things. And it just, I think it adds some, it relieves the pressure and it relieves, you know, the negative emotions thinking that you're alone in something. Totally. Awesome. (laughs) And so I was definitely, you said, I know lifestyle coach, you say you don't have, you don't have all the answers, but just, I think so far you've obviously given so much knowledge and I have a couple of questions for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, so in your, in your podcast, you talk about, you know, hitting rock bottom, what that means, what that looks like moving forward from there. Mm -hmm. How, what would you say, what does it mean to be a good friend when someone hits rock bottom? You know, you have one of your friends who just is in such a low point, obviously, like say it's financial, you might not have the means to help them that way. You don't know what to say, what to do. What does a good friend look like in those times you think? Such a loaded question. All right, let me break this into two things. Please. Number one, I've always thought myself as a good friend. I'm trustworthy and I'm loyal. My love language is acts of service and quality time. So like you ask me to do something for you, I'll do it. You ask me to hang out with you, I'll hang. But here's the thing. When it's not reciprocated like that, I take it very personally. And again, it's maturity and understanding self and things like love language that is helping me make sense that we all give and and take differently. Mm -hmm. So my way of showing up as a good friend might not necessarily be the way that a friend shows up for me. Mm -hmm. So what makes a good friend is someone who you feel safe with. You feel safe physically and emotionally someone that you can be like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling really flat today and, and it's okay. There's no like big drama about it. You know, they're not taking it personally. It's just like, okay, she, she's flat, but she's cool. Right. Right. We're good. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's one way. And the other way, something just came up when you had asked the question, I'm learning how to be a better friend from other people role modeling that to me. Mm. For example, when shit hit the fan in my personal life and I 
experienced some sudden trauma, I didn't tell everyone. I didn't even tell my family. But I live in a very small community in Mexico and, you know, news travels fast. Mm -hmm. And I loved the way that my people really nurtured and protected my privacy about it. Yes. That's something that I learned from them role modeling that to me. And it was safe for me to talk with them with the confidence knowing that it's confidential. Yeah. And it was safe to be vulnerable, which is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it was, and it was safe to like rage and get angry and then cry about it and laugh about it. So I think being a good friend is being able to just be you. Yeah. In, 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 in the goods and bads. Right. Um, and something that I'm also learning is obviously, well, actually it's not obvious, but communication (laughs) Mm -hmm. is such a key in any connection, friendship, personal and or business. It's something that a lot of us lack, but it's something that I really am passionate about Mm -hmm. and like, I get really angry when I feel as though I'm not understood. Yes. So yeah. by asking questions like the who, what, when, and why's mm-hmm. lets me gauge if you understand me. Mm-hmm. And what I love about my people, most of them don't get me. I'm running at a different frequency, but they're <laughs> like, you know what? I don't understand but I love that you, you understand. Right. Right. And I hear you and I'm Uh listening to you and I'm here. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And I think as well, a good friend is someone that you can align with, you know, um, one of my top values other than loyalty and trust is accountability. Yes. And, I'm pretty old school in the way of like, if you say you're going to do something, do it, <laughs> then you do it. Yes. You Pet know, peep of mine when people don't. <laughs> and, and, and if you don't do it, then just own it. Right. I must you know. Uh huh. And so another experience of mine quite recently with a very, very, very good friend, um, she was going through her own things with an ex-partner who I'm not the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. And we, her and I are like sisters from different misters. Yeah. You know I'm saying? Like we are super connected energetically and I knew something was up and I knew she knew that I knew something was up, mm-hmm. but neither of us could talk about it. Yeah, And she posted something very, to me, was obvious it was to me on Instagram. And I reached out and I said, listen, I've seen your post. Are you okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reading your friends. And then she's like, oh, it wasn't about you, but the message. And I said, look, girl, <laughs> you can't bullshit a bullshitter, right? right. <laughs> like, Let's just, let's just Call be real. Is, right. uh-huh. and, and then, you know, it was about judgment. And I said, I'm sorry if you feel I was coming from a place of judgment, what I meant to come from 
where I meant to come from was a place of accountability. Mm -hmm. You say you're done with him. You know, you do all these ceremonial things to release him. And then as soon as he gives you a text, you're right back there. Like I said, I don't care about him. I care deeply about you. And if you're doing this to yourself, like that hurts my feelings. Right. Right. Uh And so, you know, we just had this chat and, and it got emotional, of course. And I said, at the end of the day, I'm making your problems my problems and that's my bad. Right, right. But going back to a point I made earlier, being authentic and just showing up and, and following through and being like a word of integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we, we got through that. We sorted that and it just came down to having a proper, civil, respectable conversation. Right. I don't think our friendship will ever be to the depth that it was, but I love her and I respect her. And, and I'm pretty sure that if, you know, anything was to go down for either of us, like we'd be able to call and, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd be there, but you know, just (laughs) shitty situations like that. And I'm just grateful to have more tools in my utility belt. Yeah. handle these things differently. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting of the way that you use the word accountability as far as, you know, there's a way that if you mess up, if you're late to a meeting, if you, you know, don't do something you say you're going to do, but to the level of, you know, if like for the example where it's like, if you're saying you're done with, you know, with him, with whoever you're dating, then be done, follow through. I hadn't thought about accountability in that way even though I've been in that situation many times with friends and it's really frustrating (laughs) it's really annoying because it's like I'm going yes of course I don't need to be taking this personally like you just expressed I think you had obviously those feelings as well Mm -hmm. but it's like if you're sitting here I'm holding you while you're being emotional I'm talking with you all these things and you're saying I'm done this is hurtful all these things yeah, I'm going to be a little offended when then you (laughs) same exact thing what do we go through all that for it's like I want to be there for you but like you said, I think it's, it is our job in a sense as close friends to hold each other accountable and sometimes be, have that tough love mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm telling you this and I'm kind of getting on you because you're not getting on yourself. And that is supposed to be my, I'm a bad friend if I don't check you, mm-hmm. if I don't hold you to a certain standard of where I know you should be. And can be. <laughs> yes. yes. We're supposed to push each other to those, you know, next levels and just that higher standard. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, um, but I guess like that saying, you know, you, you, you grow, you learn through what you grow through mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's so true. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess a part of my bad as well is having expectations. Like when I say I'm done, mm-hmm. I am done and there is no looking back. Right. Like that's with anything, not just with boys, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I take it upon myself to anticipate when someone else says I'm done, that they're as serious as I am. Yeah. But quite yeah. often they're not. Right. Right. So that's probably something you had to adjust to is realizing, again, people have different definitions for different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
And so one of the other things I had touched on my last season was basically friends in the workplace. Again, with your experience in personal and business, what I guess are, is your opinion first of friends in the workplace and, you know, who would you consider as the best candidate when choosing a business partner or someone to join now your business realm? Because what if the most qualified person is your best friend or a close friend, but obviously we know how that can get messy. So I just wanted, based on your experiences, um, your ideas on that. Great question. All right. Friends in business. If we are talking professional friendships, absolutely. Because you spend more time, quite often people working the normal nine to five, right? They would spend more time with their colleagues than they would with their spouse. Mm -hmm. That's just a given. Um, But something I have a real problem with is normalizing more than just friendships at work. I think it's incredibly unprofessional and it's not something I would ever dance with. Mm -hmm. And now I sound really judgy and I'm okay. But again, (laughs) it just comes down to standards. You know, like I, I, I would not allow myself to do that. Um, It's either play or it's professional. Like there's no dancing in between. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. Teaming up with a friend in business. I've done it. It backfired. I don't think I'll ever do it again. again. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. When I was building my online business, it was pitched to me to do it with friends. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I reached out to all my buddies still in Australia. And I was like, right, I've got this opportunity. Let's run with it. And they were all in because they love me and they trust me. And so we were working it. We were creating our own little teams. We were creating significant wealth, which was foreign to us all. And then some changes started to happen in the company. And instead of seeing it as the company's fault, it was put on to me as my fault. Mm. And things started to get personal. And I was like, nah, man, like business is business. You know, I've always been very business minded, so I've never taken things like that personally, but it was given to me that way and Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So in the heat of the moment, I was, um, you know, I was like running for goals and just going for it. And I said, listen, you're either with me or you're going to watch me, but I ain't playing anymore. Right. And they all decided to leave my organization and also Pretty much I don't speak with any of them anymore. And, of course, that hurt my feelings. Uh, It took a big chunk of revenue from my business. Mm -hmm. But I just thought, you know what? It says more about them than it does of me. Right. Right. And this is the kind of self-talk that I have to, like, pep myself with, Mm -hmm. you know? Because otherwise I'm just going to go cray-cray. Right. So, you know, so... That was my experience with that. Moving forward, however, my ideal business partner would be someone who does all the things that I don't want to do. Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> that would be a great business partner. Yes. Um, I'm great with people. I can pitch. I can sell. I can do all of that. Put me in front of people. I'll make it happen. But put me behind a computer looking at a spreadsheet. Me. I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, as a former educator, 
I really believe the, the best skill I learned was delegating and really re, like reaching out to resources that I had available in my school. And um, I, I, I now do that in my business. So I call my team my partners. I don't have a business partner, but I have a team of partners. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing like what they love to do. And it's what I despise doing. So it's perfect. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going pa- to pause the recording. So you did find basically the perfect business partners and now they do what you don't like to do. And like, and I think that's supposed to be in business and friendships in general. It's just like filling the holes. Mm-hmm. Just filling mm-hmm. the holes. Definitely. Something that we must connect on is that sense of values. Um, you know, like integrity, trust, professional. They got to want to have fun, of mm-hmm. course. And just as a personal policy, like I will not allow for relationships in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people challenge me with that and they're like, oh, but you know, let love be love. No. no. With billions <laughs> of people out there in Take the someone world. Else. Uh-huh. Choose someone else. Let me help you find someone else, right? Because then it just gets weird when things are good, there's distractions. And then when things are not good, it's a distraction. So I don't want anything to do with it. So that's my only rule, um, at least in my organization. And, you know, it's going well for us. So yeah. <laughs> obviously don't fix what's not broken. It's worked well uh-huh. so far. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think it's been good to hear those things and share with my friends. You know, pretty much most of my friends are fresh out of college or has been out a few years. So now we're mm-hmm. doing that transition to the real world. So it's just trying to figure that out. It sucks. Don't yeah. rush. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I'm like half in it right now because running track and everything. So I'm like, I'm going to stay in this like halfway place because mm-hmm. definitely see people who are all the way in the real world. It's like, oh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep some of my, you know, college mentalities and everything too. Absolutely. But yeah, that definitely helps to know because just, you know, entrepreneurship wise, some of the things that I have, some ideas that I have, I definitely have kind of tinkered with that where it's like, okay, you want someone that you can trust and sometimes mm-hmm. that's your friend, but friendship and business can just really be a hard mixture if it, if it was a friendship before the business. Mm-hmm. And something that I tell myself at least, like if you're doing eight, 10, 12 hour days with someone, like I trick my brain into believing what I'm about to share with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I go home, I want to be able to talk to someone else right. about something else you know it's like far Very out true. I don't want to see you all day every day like no I want other people in my life I want other conversations in my life and um so yeah that's that's in in my mind having said that I have been approached by many good friends to partner with them mm. And the one question I ask, and if they cannot sell me on it, I do not partner, is why would I want to team up with someone like you? Or why does you, why do you want to team up with someone like me? And 90% of the time they say, oh, because you're going to help our team grow and expand and you're going to sell. I'm like, okay, so it's nothing about me at all. Right. It's all free, yeah. It's just, you know, I'm a middleman to make you money. No, thank you. It's not a good fit. But some people, they say, 
things that really resonate with me, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, uh, defining my characteristics, like a go-getter, your focus, blah, blah, blah. But I'm also critically minded. Mm -hmm. And I really listen. I've mentioned it briefly before, but I really pick up on what people don't say and what people don't do. And that has been a pivotal pivotal change in my personal life and my business life you know you said something as well like in terms of um action speak or like believe in the actions that there's there's truth in that but there's also truth in what's not happening yes that wow yeah yeah you know so like if we're always going to watch actions or listen to actions what's not happening if there's no action. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> very true. Cause I know I've definitely been in those spaces. And I think that's the side I did have to learn is mm-hmm. when people aren't doing things and aren't showing up, that's a sign too. And that's telling of them. And I think I experienced that the most when I would, you know, I'm the person who goes full into friendships. I'll do anything for you, mm-hmm. drop everything if you're in trouble. And I had to recognize when people weren't putting that same effort for me, when they weren't offering, hey, I know you had to go to the airport. Hey, I know you have this, you know, busy schedule or this exam coming up, let me mm-hmm. take you to, out to eat or something like, you know, just little m- minor things, but it's just mm-hmm. like, cause I think I know my thing is also acts of service because as a busy uh-huh. person. And so I had to recognize when people weren't willing to do a lot of the same things I was willing to do for them. And that let me ask you something, because this is something that I picked up from another friend in her mind. She was asking me to do something, but either in language, verbal or text, it was not happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so quite often what I'm finding and, and maybe you can resonate, give me some feedback to this, but like if you're thinking, Oh, I've done this for you. Why haven't you done this for me? Or I've done so much for you. All I'm asking for you to do is this for me. Are you communicating that or are you just expecting they know what's up? Yeah, I think it definitely I think it can be good communication a lot of the times. And and that's actually something I was going to comment on earlier when you talked mm-hmm. about love language. I feel like we talk about that so much in relationships, but I feel like I don't discuss enough in friendships, especially new mm. friendships, of mm-hmm. when you communicate what like, the love language is, what makes me happy, what helps me, that can help the other person to then act accordingly. So I definitely think that's something that I can take and have more of those conversations (laughs) in my friendships. I think I'm so used to, I've had the same group of friends since we were 11 years old. One of them since I was three. So I think that is something that I've had to adjust to. I'm used, they know exactly what's up. They've literally grown up with me Mm -hmm. and you know, I can't expect other humans then to read my mind. So I do think that's something I could take and just have those conversations. So they do know how to act that helps me. Totally. And again, just another example in case people are like, okay, well, that's cool to hear, but like we need tangible examples, right? <laughs> so another example, very much this situation, um, a friend of mine had like um, some Uber coupons, mm-hmm. like discounted Uber rides. And she allowed me to hack into her account and I could leverage from these coupons because they were just like flowing in right. and, and they cost her nothing. They were for free because I don't know, there was some glitch in the system or whatever. <laughs> They're like, Whoa, sweet. Like cheaper. Uber, yes, right? yeah. yeah. And then, um, at some point, at some point she 
told me that she said, don't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. She never said that. Okay. She sent me three texts. The first text was use the coupon sparingly. Mm-hmm. I interpreted that as, okay, don't catch the Uber just across the street, but maybe, you know, like once every few days. Right. Mm-hmm. Sparingly. Yeah. The second text was um, telling me that her friend was also using the account because she hasn't used it very often. Okay. okay? So there's two of us on there. <laughs> This, and, and it's fine. I mean, yeah, yolo, and, and, it's, and it's for free. The third time she says to me in a voice note, for the third time, let me tell you no, because I don't have to share. No, no, no. Let me, let me say no. And that's just the way it is. You know, you've had a good run with them and you don't have to use them anymore or something like that. Oh my God. My eyeballs were about to like light up with flames because I'm like, hold up a second for the third time. No. Right. If you, if you blatantly said, listen to Lena, don't use them anymore. All right. I'm not sure how long they're going to last for. Let me have them. I'm like, sweet deuce. Thank you so much for sharing. But in her mind, she already told me no twice. But you didn't, right. But, for but you, she did not tell me no. Yeah. And that really annoyed me because, you know, I'm like, uh, just be real, you know? And I, and I work better just being real. Like, yeah. no, I don't like that. Da, da, da. I was like, okay. I'm okay. the same way. I'm very, I'm very blunt. I'm very blunt. Don't beat around the bush. Don't give me little signals or to read. I just came across a friend like that and he was like, there was like, oh, well, I perceive this, this. I said, I said exactly what I meant. So where was the confusion? But <laughs> then he would tell me what he meant behind his message. I said, but you didn't say that. Right. I can't, what are you talking about? So I definitely, yeah. Yeah. This, That's frustrating. <laughs> it, it so is. And so back to like, what is a good friend? It's in, it, it, a good friend is just giving it how it is or serving it how it is at the at the cost of the expense of how it's going to be received and I feel like um at least for me like I said I don't really let people in on a personal level so when you're in it's like okay you're all in Mm -hmm. you know and and by that point you know how I am you know how I communicate you know what I expect and all that was completely like dismissed you know, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So even though that, that's like a silly example, it was it's not true. silly at the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this happens to a lot of people a lot of the time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I was like, you didn't, you didn't say that, but <laughs> that's like you said. It's a silly thing, but it's a, it's a minor example of a big concept. Yes. Essentially, it's a big concept. So um gosh this has been so fun we're almost like an hour this is great so um before we wrap things up just any last things I guess if you had to put the cherry on top of this marvelous Mm -hmm. ice cream that we have created (laughs) um over the last almost hour um just any lad last tidbits would be great I think in terms of love language which we've spoken a little bit about 
If people aren't familiar with them, please Google love language, do the five minute quiz and figure out how you give love and how you expect love back. And that's not just in romantic relationships. I do that with my friends and I also do it with my business partners because it's important for me, as I mentioned before, to be understood, which makes it just as important for me to try in inverted commas, understand other people, Yes. right? Because if we're speaking different languages, all hell's going to break loose. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and that whole, you don't understand me. No kidding. I don't understand you. Right. You have <laughs> right? that. Right. Mm-hmm. What you need. I don't, I can't know what you need unless you tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even in that, Gabby, like a lot of the time, people aren't aware of how, to tell you mm-hmm. so just by establishing like their love language and just quickly for people who have no idea what they are um, affirmations gifts acts of service physical touch and quality, quality. time mm-hmm. and you will definitely give and receive or want to give and receive love in any one of those five languages and knowing what resonates with you the most is going to definitely help transform relationships, yeah. friendships, love, love ships. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I, of course. Definitely something I need to take in. And I think even my friends that I've had for, you know, over a decade now, mm-hmm. I'm about to text our group chat and be like, what are our love languages? Like, how do we serve each other? Because we have such different personalities. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to, be better understood but better serve you all too as my friends as people that mm-hmm. I love as people that have already shown you're probably going to be in my life forever and mm-hmm. that's just there's so and much what would, power for that what would be cool with that is even though you guys have been friends for years you're not who you were a year ago let alone 10 years ago yes right yes. through life experience through maturity through college and you know mm-hmm. every everything factors into why we do what we do or right why and mold us what yeah. we don't do so just having a better understanding of of your own love language and of others yeah can definitely create some good good changes awesome thank you so much selena this has been absolutely incredible may my entire <laughs> week it's it's a friday we're recording this so it's just a great end to the week and great starts to the weekend Um, I'm sure all of you really enjoyed this and would definitely want more just tips and sayings and quotes and inspiration from Selena. (laughs) Um, So definitely check out her podcast, the Paper Planes podcast, and also on Instagram at Talina underscore two. She spells her name T-E-L-I-N-A and T-O-O after the Mm -hmm. underscore. So definitely check her out. Thank you again, Selena, so much for coming on here. And thank you all again for listening. In the beginning we were inseparable To become one Now our season's over